Great. So, everyone okay? Fantastic. So, I want to I wanna start this morning by, by answering a, a question you may all be asking. And I want to give you the answer first. And the answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know. And the question you may be asking is, what on earth is going on with that facial hair? <laughs> Some of you have said that to me. And the answer is, I don't know. But it is growing on me, though. Anyway, let's move past the beard and let's get straight into this morning because you guys are in for a treat. You know, a little later on, we're going to hear an incredible story of life transformation. But before that, we're going to have a look at another question and I'm going to attempt to give you a, a proper answer in a way that will not only help us to to live life now, but to live life out now, so that we'll attract others to Christ as we're following Christ. You know, Leon did an incredible job teaching through Psalm 23, and encouraging us to live life now. And he explained that it's not so much a a psalm about dying, although it's used then, but it's a psalm for living, and it certainly brought new life to me. And please keep him in your prayers. He's in church in in Albania right now with the youth team there, partnering and serving the local church there. Pray for us also, me especially. I've moved in here. I'm camping here now for the week while he's away because we all know what happened last time he went away. (laughs) So the question, the question I want to ask you this morning is what makes you beautiful? Any One Direction fans in the house this morning? If they're still trendy, you're, you're all too old. What makes you beautiful? It was a song by One Direction in 2011. And what makes you beautiful? Is it your striking good looks? Is it a toned athletic body? Is it a well-groomed beard? I'll move away from me now. Is it the clothes you wear? Is it the style of your hair? Is it the makeup you wear? Is it only because of the makeup you wear? There's a true story of a man in the Philippines who filed for a divorce the day after his wedding day and while still on honeymoon. The reason was because it was the first time he saw his wife without makeup on. It's a true story. He cited that he'd been tricked. You know, it's said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And that may be so. But but I think beauty is about so much more than looks. And there's a quote that says, beauty isn't about having a pretty face. It is having a pretty mind, a pretty heart, and most importantly, a beautiful soul. And for me, one of my favourite people who lived on on this earth was Mother Teresa. She lived a a beautiful life and she had a beautiful soul. A famous quote of hers is this, not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. See, she knew what it was that made her beautiful. She lived a beautiful life and a, an attractive life, which attracted, 
attracted others. And as Christians, we should all be doing the same. See, we may not all go on to change the world, but we can all change our world. We can change what we have influence over. Those that we come into contact with, when we do small things with great love, it will be attractive, attractive to others. And I believe it will really attract others. You see, when people see Christ in you, they should want to follow Christ because of you. That's powerful. When people see Christ in you, they should want to follow Christ because of you. And this is the only time it's, it's okay for, for people to covet, for people to, to want what you have. You see, we should all be attracting others to him by the way that we're following him. See, we need to let the light in us shine brightly out of us. Matthew 5 and, and verse 14 says this, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Jesus then goes on to say, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, check this, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Others will be attracted by your light, by the light that you live. And Aisha, my daughter, she's just moved to, to Durham to, to university. It was a, a couple of weeks ago now, and she's, she's settling in really well. She's made some new friends. And I've got a confession to make here at the start. I haven't prayed for, for a little while. We moved Aisha up a couple of Sundays ago, and, and uh, everything was fine until it came to, to say goodbye. And then as we were saying goodbye, I, I wanted to pray for her. I wanted to pray for uh, uh, just a time there, the room and, and everything else. And as we came to pray, I burst into tears. So I haven't prayed since because I don't want to cry anymore. <laughs> I, I'm joking. Uh, as we prayed, we, we left. And, and a couple of days later, she, she phones me up and she said, Dad, I'm, I'm settling in really well, making new friends. But then she says, how do I tell people I'm a Christian? <laughs> And I said to her, Aisha, you don't. Let your light shine. Let people see Jesus in you, because that will attract people to you. And uh, I know that works, because 10 years ago, uh, many of you know my story, going into prison as a, a Christian, I was on fire for God. But there's no way I could tell people about God. They'd have literally strung me up. They'd have killed me. <laughs> and a pastor, a very wise pastor, passed those words on to me. I said, how do I tell people that I'm a Christian in here? It's just not possible. I can't do it. He said, don't. Let your light shine. Let people see Jesus in you. And by the end of that time, people were coming to me. People were saying, Simon, you're, you're different. Why? People were asking me to to pray. People were asking for advice. Prison wardens were, were coming to me and asking me to pray for their families. Just incredible. Let your light shine. Let people see Jesus in you rather than ramming it to people. You know, Aisha um, phoned back a, a couple of a days later and she struck up a, a few friends uh, on her, her law course. 
and it was still freshers week and she got to know this girl and, and they were walking into, into the freshers thing where it was all happening. And there's a, a CU stand, a Christian union stand, and it's never about denying your faith, but it's never about ramming your faith either. I hope um, you get that. And, and, and what she said, she, she didn't deny her faith. She said to her friend, I'm just going over there. I want to go to the CU stand. And the girl said to her, oh, I'm heading in that direction too. She was a Christian too, but never said anything. That's incredible, isn't it? And it's a witness. Let your light shine. Let people see Jesus in you. It speaks more sometimes than our words. So how, how, how can we have an attractive life? What does make you beautiful? And I want to give you a, a few quick things that may help you live uh, a beautiful life. You know, in my devotional time, I've been spending a, a lot of time in Philippians 4, um, and it's a, it's a rich passage of scripture. And we may quote a, a lot of verses out of there to, to encourage others or to gain strength for ourselves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is one of them, a, a popular one. Then don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything is another. My paraphrase there, but it says that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. We've, we've taken scriptures to, to help encourage others. But I want to take a, a chunk of this passage this morning, which includes some of those verses to show that we can really live beautiful lives. Philippians is, is Paul's joy letter. He writes it to the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi, there'd been a, a great encouragement to Paul. And he's, he's writing to them to encourage them back, to, to thank them and to remind them to always have joy in the Lord. He's writing to them to, say, to, to show that, that they can live beautiful lives, even through trials or hardships. Paul shows us how to live successful Christian lives, lives that will be beautiful to others and that will attract others. And the first thing he kicks off with is unity. Philippians 4 verses 2 to 3 say this, I plead with Iodia and I plead with Syntyche to be one of the same minds in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, Help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement, which is much easier to pronounce, and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. And Paul is, is, is writing this out of concern and out of love for both those two women, who I'm not going to pronounce again. And he calls them to be in the same mind in the Lord. See, we don't know what has caused their differences, but somewhere down the line, the, the main thing has stopped being the main thing. They've taken their eye off the ball and division has set in. And Paul pleads with them, pleads with them both to get it back, to, to make things right. And he asks a, a trusted friend to help. And we should all do that. We should all do that so that we can stay united to help each other, to, to keep the main thing the main thing. You see, when there's unity, when everyone shares the same vision and mission, it's beautiful. Not only to us, but to everyone else that sees it. And Jesus himself said that by the way we love each other, by the way we stick together, people will see 
that you will belong to me. Unity makes you beautiful. Then verse 4, rejoicing, rejoicing makes you beautiful, says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. This is a powerful witness to a broken world, and it's what separates us from the world. Now, I'm not saying this is always easy. It really isn't. And life is, is pretty tough sometimes. But rejoicing through those tough times actually helps us. See, it may not change the problem, but it does change the focus. You see, we can give our problems to God, something that is alien to those who don't know him. And as Christians, we always have hope. And we are promised peace. And that is truly something that we can rejoice in. Our inner attitude doesn't have to reflect our outward circumstance. And this makes no sense to those that don't know God. But at the same time, it's beautiful to them. Because deep down, they see something different in us. And they would love to be able to do the same. Rejoicing makes you beautiful. Then it's gentleness. Gentleness makes you beautiful. Verse 5 says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I love how, how the dictionary describes gentleness. It says this, gentleness is the quality of being kind and careful. And the noun gentleness is, is perfect for describing the way someone acts when they're soft, calm, and sweet to other people. See, your gentleness can win people over. It can diffuse difficult situations. It can help people trust in you. Your gentleness shows that you care for people, and it should be evident to all people. See, we can be gentle, non-argumentative, non-confrontational, non-judgmental, because the Lord is near. Gentleness is a quality that we should all strive for. We should be the ones that bring peace into the workplace. And it often takes gentleness, doesn't it, to, to bring reconciliation. And, and as Christians, we're all given the ministry of reconciliation to, to bring people back to God. 2 Corinthians tells us that. But it's through our love, through gentleness shown to others that this may happen. Gentleness makes you beautiful. And from here, we move on to prayer. Prayer makes you beautiful. Verse 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, guys, there is a, an epidemic uh, of stress and, and worry in our world today. Anxiety and depression is now more common than the common cold. And I think everyone and anyone prays when the going gets tough. But, but Paul, he, he calls us to, to take this further and says, don't just pray when things are tough. Pray in every situation at all times. Pray in bad times, but also pray in good times. And give thanks to God, remembering all that he has done for you. See, often our perspective 
changes, when we give gratitude to God, when we live thankful and don't just say thank you. See, when we do this, we receive the peace of God, knowing that he is in control and has only good plans for us. And it's his peace that guards our hearts and minds that really is a beautiful thing. You see, it's a a privilege to pray. It's a privilege, never a chore. Prayer keeps us in tune with God and it helps us to know the heart of God. And this is beautiful. Prayer is what makes you beautiful. And then from prayer, from prayer to thinking. Thinking, you heard me right. Thinking makes you beautiful. Verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Thinking is important. And Paul challenges us to use our minds. And this is not just for the intellectual ones out there. It's for every single one of us. See, Paul is saying, focus, concentrate, consume yourself with the goodness of God, with his nature, with the excellent and praiseworthy things. See, there's a lot of junk that can get into our minds and it often comes out in our words or actions but Paul challenges us here to be different. And for me, the, the language used in this passage is beautiful. And it will translate into a, a beautiful life when we think of them and put them into practice. You see, the biggest battle we face as Christians is the battle for our minds. And Paul, throughout his other letters in the New Testament, talks loads uh, about this. You see, it's not only important to think rightly about yourself but to think rightly about God and others thinking is vital to us as Christians so so thinking really does make you beautiful the last is concern and opportunity when these two come together that they really make you beautiful verse 10 says "I, I rejoice greatly in the Lord at last you renewed your concern for me Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. See, we see here that when concern and and opportunity are separate, they're they're non-effective. But but when they come together, they're very powerful. Paul rejoiced greatly, it says, when concern and opportunity came together. His needs were met and he was amply supplied, the Bible tells us. Amply means plentiful sufficient and abundance and this always happens when concern and opportunity come together separately they're okay but something powerful something beautiful happens when they come together and Paul himself he he comments on this later in the passage in verse 14 and this is from the message translation it says this it was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles is a beautiful thing that you come alongside me in my troubles so if you're concerned about anything in life 
then I want to encourage you to find an opportunity to do all that you can to do something about it. You see, we may all be concerned that there are people that, that don't know God, but unless we take the opportunity to, to tell them or to invite them, it's something that may never change. And Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. How, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. That doesn't mean that feet are beautiful, because they're really not. But what it does mean is the people that carry it are, the people that share the good news of salvation are beautiful. And check this, they're beautiful in God's eyes. They're his words right there. That's incredible, isn't it? And I love how, how great we are as a church at doing this. There really is a, a culture of invitation uh, and sharing your faith. I, I see it. And that's why I can say concern and opportunity coming together makes you beautiful. And I want to encourage you to keep being beautiful. Maybe not look in the mirror, but keep being beautiful. There are lots of things here that, that you can invite people to over the next coming weeks and in the build-up to Christmas. Christmas is a, a great opportunity. But before that, we have the, the family fun night, the men's night, the curry night, and the, the women's night. Keep being beautiful. So, unity, rejoicing, gentleness, praying, thinking, and having concern and opportunity. In the words of that incredible boy band, One Direction, that's what makes you beautiful. And a beautiful life lived out will always attract others. And it's here that I want to introduce a, a special guy to you. A guy who's been attracted to God by the things he's seen in people's lives here. And by what God is doing here in this, this new place. And what God is doing in him is incredible. So please give Peter a huge welcome. Well, great. Although I've said this this morning already, I still feel nervous, so please bear with me. Life growing up was pure chaos, and that's just looking back at it now. I was the oldest boy with two sisters and two brothers, all considerably younger than me. My father, when I was young, was sent to prison for a long time and left my mum to raise me and my sister alone. And I'm returning quickly created the rest of us before disappearing again. <coughs> so for my mum, looking after the youngest siblings was for me more important. And just to add, my mother is incredible and words can never describe the struggle she faced. Because my father was also a very, very violent man and on leaving, we would all feel much safer. But his violence taught me how to suffer pain and fear nothing else. And as always, I had a free pass to roam the estates and I quickly got into trouble for fighting because I just enjoyed every confrontation. I'm guilty of committing all kinds of crimes and in between kept my reputation up as a fighter. At a young age I became uncontrollable. I totally disrespected authority laws and would not be told what to do by teachers, police or the courts. I was expelled from attending all schools and soon sent to a children's home banished from leaving on evenings and weekends due to my behaviour. But nothing changed. 
My offending became daily, and so did the arrests. I carried that much hate and anger. It was just a perfect tool to answer any problem or situation I ever faced. As I grew, I was passed to various foster homes until I was finally sent uh, to a young offenders institute. And in total, I've spent over 11 years in prison. In 2005, I was arrested for a gang-related offence and given a life sentence. On receiving that sentence, though, something changed in me. I actually felt that the life I was living was wrong. Although the odds of change <coughs> were slim. It's hard to describe. For so many years, I was convinced everything I was doing was right, and I'd met thousands of other people living the same life and living by the same rules. It just felt completely normal to me, but now something inside me said change. I had many years to face in prison, but felt compelled to follow this urge, and I threw myself into every offending behaviour course possible. I read daily, completed numerous and numerous qualifications, including MVQ, City and Guild diplomas, and I finally became a prison mentor, helping others facing difficulties like mine. I won awards for my work and, on release, completed my last year in college and miraculously won a national award for Learner of the Year. I was offered a job at a local gym uh, teaching boxing and completed further boxing qualifications. I was approached um, to work with kids involved in good crime, gun crime and gangs. And for a while, I worked day and night in areas of Birmingham teaching sports, sharing and relating experiences with youngsters. This role was unfortunately cancelled due to funding, so um, I had to find a reliable job and I applied for a sales role. This went really well at first, but was out of my comfort zone and I soon started to not feel welcome within the environment I was living in. <clears throat> I started to judge myself upon those I was working with and I heard the fact I'd been to prison. Slowly, life became difficult and I would cringe when hearing conversations about crime and criminals. And I soon realised all the hard work I'd done to change wasn't even the start. So I started to punish myself and consider every bad thing I remembered doing. All those people that were affected, all those people I hurt, all the past relationships that lost and I'd ruined. I would open my eyes and instantly <coughs> sorry, have a vision of a past mistake and a realisation of the person I was. And question was, I still this person? Would I always be seen as this person? And slowly a bad seed started to grow. I soon become distant from my family. My partner left me. I even left my job trying to find a new job and start again, only to get sacked for not declaring my past offences. As the months went on, the feelings became more intense and I felt broken. And for the first time ever, I remember one morning waking just to horrible ideals of who I was and considered how to end it. I'd just had enough. Whilst all this was going on, I never lost the urge to help others and I'd slowly been preparing a business idea. This idea was the only thing that actually gave me hope because every time I thought of it or wrote it, it felt good and it felt real. So one day I looked at people who could help me shape this more. I was given a number for an organisation called Sweda and I spoke with a guy called Raj. <coughs> and luckily the next morning I went and met him. Now I was sceptical about sharing this idea with anyone and just wanted to go to see what they offered in terms of support. I explained to Raj briefly my story and my situation and the conversation suddenly switched to God. He invited me to church here as I am, which I agreed but instantly disagreed just for being polite as you do. 
But he then told me about the assistant pastor and shared his story, and <clears throat> that then had my attention. Immediately, the story had remnants of my story, and I completely, uh, completely related to everything that I was hearing. It felt like I had to meet Simon, and it was like being given a prescription or an ailment for my pending problem. All I had to do was just go along and give it a try. So the next Sunday, I'm debating whether to go. It's 11.15. I'm considering I've got 20 minutes to get there. So I just jump in the car and go. When I finally got to Zion, I had to look twice. Car park attendants, leaflet distributors, hundreds of people walking in and out of the vicinity. On entrance, ushers, more people, young and old, and a huge newly decorated room with flat screen TVs. And to me, this was not the church with steeple and dress vicars I was expecting. So I found a seat and straight away a guy came up to me and said hello. At that time I felt alien to the whole environment. I kept questioning myself several times what we're doing here. Go, leave, you're not meant to be here. Then the service started and the pastor came on stage in jeans and a check shirt. <laughs> and my nerves relaxed. <clears throat> he explained to the fire and talked to everyone in an amazingly friendly way. Removing any preconceptions of pastors and teachings and then hymns. I expected old school choir hymns, but no, not here. There was a full band, and at that time a girl sang, and at the moment all my problems just disappeared. The words, the music, the band, it just felt like the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. And I remember the song stopping, and I had tears streaming down my eyes, and for, for the first time in nearly that year, I felt I was in a safe place just after I met Simon with Raj and obviously <coughs> Raj explained a few of my issues and Simon went, how can I help? And I remember just welling up and just saying, please just get rid of this pain. I just need some help with the pain. And he invited me down to Alpha, so the next week I started Alpha. I sat with Raj <coughs> and discussed Jesus and the course with the group. But what I noticed more wasn't what I was, what I was being told, it was more the belief behind the words of what was, being what was being said. And for me, that just reinforced my views on church and the course. And today, I've not looked back since. I'm now into my sixth week, and I look forward every week to Sunday and Monday, except today. <laughs> and today, I have no worries. I no longer wait with dooming thoughts of myself. I actually can't remember the hurt, as if it was never there. What I do feel is contentment, and I'm actually happy. I've actually started to like myself again. And I feel myself slowly repairing, and in that, growing stronger by the day. But also, I feel I've met great people who don't judge me or criticise me. And for me, I've finally accepted to find my, fa my faith, and in that, as the three words, live my life now. But I've also, the last couple of weeks, started praying and I just can't believe the answers God's given me. <laughs> it's truly incredible and that's my story, thank you. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, God, God has a habit uh, of, of taking broken lives, of not only repairing them, but making them beautiful. 
And I just want to, I want to take this opportunity to pray for Pete. Would you join me? Would you join me? Let's pray for him. Father God, I want to, I want to thank you for, for this incredible man. We've been in incredible story. Father, I want to thank you for, for life transformation. Father, I want to thank you that, that, you, taken, that you take broken lives uh, and you put them back together. You make them beautiful. And, and Lord, I pray that Peter may have, have not uh, wrote, uh, Lord God, the, the previous chapters in his book, but I pray that, Lord, now you are in charge of the pen. Father, the chapter is, is, is starting all over again. And for Pete, I pray, Father God, that, that it would be an incredible start on his journey following you. Lord, I pray that roots would go down deep. Lord, I pray that he remembers, uh, Lord God, just this applause, just people cheering, on, cheering him on. Because, Father, you're, you're right behind him, cheering him on too. Father, the, the Bible says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. His past is forgotten in your eyes and it doesn't matter in our eyes father help him to become all that you want him to become help him to to live life now lord may his life be so beautiful that will it uh, that it will attract many others fill him with your holy spirit i pray protect and watch over him in jesus name amen again that's incredible isn't it god god does really um i know firsthand he takes he takes broken lives and and he makes them new he he makes them beautiful and as we've just prayed for pete i want to i want us all to pray right now let's let's close our eyes because right now i want to i want to give you a, an opportunity I don't know how you've come this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe your first time. It may be your hundredth time here. But it may be that you've never really pushed into God. It may be that you've tried everything to, 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 to do things your way. But, but somehow it doesn't seem to work out. It may be this morning that you need to try a different way. You need to try it God's way because he does and he can take broken lives and make things beautiful you heard Pete say say that this morning for the first time for the first time he's happy and content and I want to give you a, an opportunity this morning to maybe try a different way to try God's way and if this is speaking to you this morning then while every eye is closed I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him see we celebrate Pete's life but we celebrate all that God has done in his life it's only because of God it's only God that repairs that restores and makes things beautiful so while every eye is closed, someone re responded at the first service, which is, which is just incredible. And I want to give you that 
opportunity now. This is speaking to you. If you want to make all things new, try a different way because your way doesn't seem to work, then raise your hand. Raise your hand and and I want to pray for you. Thank you. It's great. I see them. You can can pop them down. That's awesome. Father God, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Father, that you do make all things new. Father, that you take broken lives and you not only put them back together, but you make them beautiful. They live for your glory. And for those that have responded this morning, Father God, I pray that now they know your closeness. Father, would you come uh, alongside them? Would you live in them? Father, would you make all things new? Take their lives, Lord Jesus, and make them beautiful. Make them so attractive, Father, that they will attract others. Father, be with them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Let this day, let this day be the beginning of a new life for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And then for for every uh, else, for for, for all of us here, I I want us to go out in in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we really can live beautiful lives We can live lives so attractive that they will attract others. So we're going to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to go out in the here and now. Let's take hail going for God's glory. Amen.